Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Okay. What are you going to leave behind when you leave this world behind? What are you going to leave behind when you leave this world behind? Now, most of us kind of get right away, we go into that mode of inheritance. I'm going to leave an inheritance, right? We start thinking about, okay, well, you know, I want to make sure that my kids are taken care of. I want to make sure that, you know, there's, there's money for them. There's things for them. My stuff is for them. All of that, it just kind of kicks in. It's a natural um, feeling for us to kind of think that way, um, you know, and, and thinking, you know, oh, well, I'm going to leave this to her, this to him, this to, you know, whatever, you know, I, I, it's funny because I have a sister um, and my parents are kind of in the age where, you know, they're talking about will and all those things. And they start saying, well, you know, what do you want? And what, what, what would you like? And, and all this stuff. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm more of the casual guy. I don't care, really. I think my sister's got a couple things already picked out that she wants. But I, I, I don't know. I just don't really mind that much just so that I can get my, I have a, a 1966 Volkswagen Bug back at home that was my car, my very first car, and it's still sitting there. And um, man, it's rusty and stuff, but I want to get it back so that I can restore it. And in my mid-age crisis, whenever that is, um, I can drive around and look real cool, right? Even though it's got no air conditioning or anything like that, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But anyways, so, you know, we kind of tend to think that way. So, so our mind goes towards inheritance, okay? Then also our minds kind of kick into, you know, just the, the people that we're going to leave behind, the individuals that we love. What, 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 what can we do for them? But there is something that you and I, right, moms and dads, grandfathers, grandmothers, that we absolutely need to think about. And usually it's the last thing that we tend to think about when it comes to all of this. But we need to actually think about, this should be the first thing we think about. It's, you know what, influence. Are we leaving a legacy of influence in our families, in our grandkids, um, and it doesn't really matter how old you are, right? Because some might say, well, yeah, but Pascal, I'm older now and my kids are out of the house and I didn't know Jesus back then and all that. It doesn't matter. This, this pertains to every single person who, who hears this that is a believer. You have an opportunity to leave an influential legacy in, in your home, in your family, in, in, the, in the people that you come in, in contact with. And so we have to understand that this is something that we've got to really, really look at. And it's that influence. What kind of influence are we going to leave when we leave this earth? And really, let me tell you why it's kind of this whole focus. Because um, our focus needs to be this. Because our influence should, uh, should long outlive your inheritance you give. Okay? Your influence to those that you are influencing, should long outlive your inheritance you give and your influence should outlive the individuals that you leave behind. Legacy focuses on what will endure. 
It's about passing on things of lasting value to those who will live on after us, right? So your legacy at the end of the day will not be determined by your possessions. It will not be determined by your possessions. It will be determined by the influence on the people that you leave behind. And you know what? You might not be, you know, wealthy. You might not be able to leave like a king's inheritance, a king's ransom when you pass away. But you know what? You can leave a legacy of influence that is just as important as a king's ransom, as a king's inheritance. You absolutely can. So today we're going to look at King David. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 28. But we're going to look at, at King David who, uh, you know, by the way, you all know this, that he was a man after God's own heart. God declared that over him. But King David is about to close his life out, okay? He knows that he's on the final chapter of his life as his last days. And in First Chronicles, uh, Chronicles 28, it's, this, it's kind of the end of David's life. It's, it records the end of David's life. You know, he spent 40 years as king of Israel. He's not young anymore. He... Um, You know, he's not the same guy that fought Goliath or killed the bear or killed the lion. He's not the same guy that, you know, had all of these great victories and battles and all these things. He's the guy now who's about to check out. He's about to, he's the guy who's about to kick the bucket. And so we're going to see something here where, where David's got a plan for a legacy, but that plan is not going to actually work out. So he adjusts his plan. He kind of thinks, well, I'm going I'm to kind of go with this. I think this is what I want to do. I want to see this happen. But God's got another plan. And so in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 2 through 3, now this is the, kind of the last time that David um, like spoke. It's like written about uh, what he had to say. And it says this, Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brothers and people. So he's talking to the nation of Israel. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest, for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and for the footstool of our God, and I made preparations for the building. Okay, and it doesn't that sound like he's like, okay, I got a plan. I'm making all these preparations, right? We do that with our inheritance. We do that with all the things that, you know, we think, man, these are of great value if I could just leave it for my kids. And I'm not saying any of that is wrong, but I'm just, he's got all this preparation going. He's, he's made the preparations, but then verse three says, but God said to me, Right? Don't you hate, just love it when God comes up and shows up and he says something to you? And usually it's like opposite of sometimes what you think you're supposed to, you want to hear. He says, but God said to me, you may not build a house for my name, for you are a man of war and have shed blood. So David wanted to leave a legacy or he wanted to leave an inheritance. He wanted to, to leave something so that the people could know, man, David's heart was after God. David's heart was, 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 was something that God was, was just, he was connected with. But God said, you know, I don't want you to build the temple. I actually want Solomon to build the temple. I want him to be involved. Not you. I don't want you to be involved. Because David wanted to be involved in every detail. That's how detailed oriented. If you, if you read more of the chapter and even into verse 20, uh, or, chap, or verse, yeah, chapter 29, you'll see that, you know what? David, David had like all the plans laid out. 
I mean, he put aside all of the money. He put aside everything that was going to be needed. He wanted to be in all of it. But God said, no, because you are a man of war and have shed blood. That's not going to happen. So David then, right? David then kind of decided to go a different route. Because he decided, you know what? It's going to be more important for me to leave a spiritual legacy than it is an actual physical legacy or an inheritance to the people. He decided, you know, I'm going to leave a spiritual legacy that would laugh, that would last. So I'm going to give you right now this pre-point. It's not a point. It's a pre-point because the pre-point is important in order to get to the two points that I have for you today. Okay. So I'm going to give you this pre-point. I think it's going to come up here on the board. Okay. Here's the pre-point. Our legacy is determined by where we lead others and what we leave in others. Not what we leave for them, but leave in others. So our legacy is determined by where we lead others and what we leave in others. Now, as David begins to build kind of this legacy, right? He begins to build with a building block that we all want to start with. And that's our family. We all want to start with our family. So Solomon is his son and he's going to be the king. And he's already been anointed. He's already kind of waiting to take the reins. He's already waiting for, you know, his dad to kind of, you know, kill over, die off. He's kind of, kind of waiting, not in disrespect, but he's just kind of waiting because he's already been anointed. But see, David then now wants to make sure, he wants to help Solomon be the king he ought to be and the leader he ought to be. He's going to now invest into his son in such a way so that he could set him up to spiritually lead. Spiritual legacy. And that's so important for us to recognize because each one of you play a part in somebody's life that looks up to you. Every one of you has somebody that looks up to you, whether it's your child, whether it's your niece, nephew, whether it's your grandchildren, whether it's somebody you know. In some way, they look up to you. But see, we don't, we don't think about spiritual legacy. We just think about, oh, hey, well, yeah, well, we're friends. We're, we're all good. But see, God, God's into generations. He wants to make sure that we're actually pouring in to generations, right? So it records his last words that he ever says. Now, here's the deal. David probably sat and he prayerfully prayed about these last words, I believe. Okay, he doesn't say it in the Bible. But I think he thought about it. He carefully kind of just kind of walked through them. And then he, he thought, okay, this is the advice I want to give to David. So that, he, I mean Solomon, so that he will be the kind of person that I want him to be, but also the kind of person that God wants him to be. So 1 Chronicles 28.9 says this. This is David talking to Solomon. He said, and you, Solomon, my son, know the God of... Not, okay, so here he is. He's like, hey, Solomon... Come here, come here, come here, right? Almost like, come on, close, 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 right? He says, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. 
And then he says, but if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. So he pulls him close. And these are kind of the last words he's giving to Solomon. He's wanting to build a spiritual lay. He's trying to pass on what his heart is. I mean, it's no surprise that, that, that he's going right towards the heart of Solomon. Because that's, all, that's what David was all about, about his relationship with God, was, was his heart. So he wanted Solomon to understand this, that at the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. He wanted him to understand that. And that everything begins and everything ends, not with your mind or with your body, but it begins with your heart. It's all about our heart. So his advice to Solomon is simple. Seek God, serve God with all your heart. He's he's building something. He's building a legacy now. That's a spiritual legacy because he's trying to pass along to Solomon the key to his whole relationship with Jesus or, or, or with God. His whole relationship, he's trying to pass that along because he knows, hey, I can't, I can't build this, 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 this temple. Although, you know, in, in, in retrospect, the temple really wasn't about him leaving a legacy in a sense of, oh, look, David built the temple. I think it was more about the fact that David really, really just had a heart for God and wanted a place for God to, to live. It wasn't about, hey, look at me. You know, because you know how sometimes they, um, they name buildings after people, you know, or the, or the person that gave so much money and so we're going to name that after that person. So it wasn't going to be the temple of David for that, you know, God. He, I think he just had a heart. But here he is. He, he's now at this point of telling uh, Solomon, seek God, serve God with all your heart. Now, if I were to ask you, as a dad, as a mom, as a grandparent, as a, a, a leader, a coach, a teacher, whatever, whatever it is that you do, a boss, right? To, to, to those that you lead, if you could pull all of them together and give them one piece of advice about how they should live their life. Can you think of any better advice that you could give that David just gave? No, right? We shouldn't be able to. Because David said, you know what? Seek God and serve God with all your heart. And we have an opportunity to spiritually influence our grandkids, our kids, our, our people, people that were around that will last from generation to generation. But see, we don't seem to think about that sometimes. Because sometimes what we do, we just kind of lock into, okay, hey, this is the goal. We, we, we develop enough inheritance so that we can, you know, put our kids in a good position. That's fine. That, I'm, I'm not arguing with that. My kids would even agree with that. Yeah, let's do that, dad. Let's go for that. But see, my goal as a parent is that I've got to raise my kids up in a spiritual way so that there is a legacy that keeps on going and going and going and going. See, I'm a byproduct of that. Where my, you know, I can't trace it back farther than my grandmother, but I know that there was more than just that. But, you know, I look at, at my mom's side of my grandmother, and then it, did, it went to my aunts and my uncles, my mom, my dad, all of that. And now it goes to me, and then it's going to go to my kids. And then it's going to go to my grandkids. If I get to see my grandkids, I'm going to make sure they know Jesus, right? And that they're serving the Lord. And so we have to understand we've got a responsibility 
to spiritually influence those that we lead. Okay? So here's David. He, he does everything he knows to do. He sets up Solomon for success in every way. And, and you know, he, he gives, he, he just sets him up, right? He gives him a nation under one flag, right? A capital of Jerusalem where it was the envy of all of, of the other nations. He gave him a strong military over the enemies. Even the enemies feared him, right? But he was also giving him a nation at the time that had people who loved God. And so here he is setting him up because he wants him to, he wants to deposit his values, his, his relationship with God into, into their hearts. And so it's a lot more important for us to recognize that, man, we need to leave our kids, our grandkids, the spiritual values that they ought to live by, right? Then, then the things that we've worked so hard to get. Because David's primary concern was not to leave Solomon powerful, okay? But he wanted Solomon to be pure. He wasn't concerned about Solomon becoming great. He wanted Solomon to be godly. He didn't want Solomon to be rich. He wanted Solomon to be righteous, he didn't want Solomon to be arrogant. He wanted Solomon to be holy. He didn't care if Solomon was famous. He wanted Solomon to be faithful. He wasn't concerned with how high Solomon could get before everyone. He was concerned about how low Solomon could get before God. So the spiritual influence you have on your kids, your grandkids, and others, while they are alive, should be passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation and keep on going. Let me read this in Psalms chapter 78, verse 3 through 7. It's in the passage translation. It says this, we've heard true stories from our fathers. Okay, so right there, you know that you know what the fathers are telling the sons and the daughters how good God is. Okay, so it's a great showing or it's a great um, an opportunity for us to understand that, you know what, we, we need to figure this out. So it says, we've heard great, uh, true stories from our fathers about our rich heritage. We will continue to tell our children and not hide from the rising generations the great marvels of our God. So it's saying, you know what, man, that, that's part of our job. It's part of our job as a dad. It's part of our job as a mom. It's part of our job as grandparents, right? To tell the rising generation of the great marvels of God. His miracles and powers that have brought us all this far. The story of Israel is a lesson in God's ways. And he commanded our forefathers to teach them to their children. So even before the person that's writing this, was even told beforehand, you need to tell your grandkids, your kids, your whoever. Okay? He says, uh, verse 6, For perpetually God's ways will be passed down from one generation to the next, even to those not yet born. All right, are you kind of understand where I'm trying to go with this? It says, in this way, every generation will set its hope in God and not forget this wonderful works, but keep his Commandments. 
So here you have this writer talking about the fact that it is so important as individuals, like wherever you find yourself in the spectrum, again, whether you're a dad, a mom, a grandfather, a grand, grandmother, um, an aunt, uncle, uh, any person you lead, it is so important for you to pass along the things that, that God has given to you, that you have sown into your heart to help build the next generation and then that generation goes on to the next generation. It's so important. Let me, let me give you this kind of quick story. There was a couple who were believers who lived, lived a great life of faith. Okay? And they lived a legacy life in the early 1700s. Their names were Jonathan and Sarah Edwards. I don't know if you know, have ever heard that name. But when Jonathan was young, he felt called to ministry. And so he pastored a small church. He wrote lots of books um, and sermons. And he was influential in what we would call the Great Awakening Revival. Him and Sarah had 11 children. And when their first child was born, they made a commitment to each other and a covenant to God. They said no matter what else they did or how well they were going to do it, we are going to do everything we can to instill in that child a desire to seek God, a desire to serve God, a desire to love God, a desire to know God. So then in 1900s, uh, this researcher decided to f- look into the 1400 descendants, uh, the ones he could find, the 1400 descendants of Jonathan and Sarah Edwards at the time. Okay, and this is what he discovered. Now this is what their spiritual influence produced. 100 missionaries and pastors and theologians along with a U.S. vice president, Aaron Burr, crazy, huh? Senators, governors, mayors, judges, lawyers, and a list of other what you would call uh, great professions. But it was all because of this one couple making a decision that said, you know what? We're going to start with this first child. And with this first child, we are going to do everything in our power and all the other children to follow, everything in our power to make sure that they know God, love God, seek God, and serve God with all their heart. But it's because they made the decision to do that. They didn't care where, what they would do later on in life. That wasn't important to them. But what was important to them was to leave a spiritual legacy in their family. To say, you know what? It doesn't matter about anything else. What matters is you know God, you love God, you serve God. And, and, and all of us have that opportunity to do the same thing within the people that we get an opportunity to love on, to be a part of. So there's no greater legacy you could leave behind than that. Or there's no greater legacy too to get someone saved, to lead someone to Jesus. Think about that. When you leave someone, lead someone to Jesus and they start growing, then you know what? You have changed possibly a generation to come and to come and to come all because, that you, all because you stepped up and led them to there. So here's my question, dads and really everybody else. Because again, like I said, we're all leading somebody. Where are you leading and what are you leaving in them? Where are you leading and what are you leaving in them? In your kids, your grandkids, 
and, and maybe your coworkers and anybody that you lead, what are you leading them to? And what are you leaving in them? Because that is going to determine the legacy we leave as Christians. So now I'm finally at my two points. All right, you ready for the two points? I didn't hit you too hard, did I? Okay. So the first point starts with this. Be a man or woman after God's own heart. Be a man or woman after God's own heart. Now, some of you might think, well, that's nice, right? But you don't know my past. You don't know the things that I've done. I mean, you know, um, you don't even know what my morning was like this morning, Pastor Scott. But see, you know, that's, that's the, what the great thing about it is, is David was no better, right? David was an adulterer. David was a murderer. Yet, even though he was flawed, right, God himself was the one who gave David that name, right? He honored David with that name or that, 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 that statement, that title, Let's look in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. And we're going to see Paul. Paul's talking about how God felt towards David. And this is what he says. And when he, was, and when he had removed him, now he's talking about Saul. This is when Saul was removed. It says, he raised up for them David as a king, to whom also he gave testimony and said. So he gave testimony. He's making a declaration. He says, I have found David, the son of God, a man after my own heart. We all know that phrase. But then it says, who will do my will. The message says, he's a man whose heart beats to my heart. A man who will do what I tell him. So you could see just by Paul's writing, he, he gives a description or he says, this is why God called David that. Because David will do the will of God. Whatever God said, David will do. Even though he made mistakes, even though he failed sometimes, even though he had to repent at times, he still would try to do the best he could to do the will of God. If we have the same mentality, if we've got that locked in, then you know what? We're going to start becoming a man and woman of God after God's own heart. And that's going to help us in our journey to leave a spiritual legacy for those that we lead. And so that's what made David stand out, right? I mean, did David mess up? Yeah, he wasn't perfect. But that's what made David stand out because his heart was focused on the Lord. He had a deep desire to follow everything that God said, God's will, and he was willing to do it. So leaving a spiritual legacy for your kids, your grandkids, and those you lead means being like David. It's having an intense faith in God, right? David ran toward the battle. He didn't run from him. He ran towards the battle. Even when he face-planted face spiritually, right? He, he sinned. What did he do? He repented. He, he immediately went and repented. Even when he got called out by Nathan and realizing, ah, what did he do? He could have made an excuse. Well, you know, I was just being a man. I was just doing my thing. No, you know what he did? He repented. 
He got before the Lord and said, man, you're right. I, man, I jacked this thing up. I, I'm wrong. Right? So he didn't justify his sin or his, 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 his cravings. David loved God's word. All we got to do is read Psalm 119. Throughout Psalm 119, you see all these things where David talks about how he loves God's word, how it's sweet to the lips, how it's like honeycomb to him. He wrote more than half of the Psalms, more than half of the 150 Psalms. But see, we need to love God's word like David loved God's word. If we want to leave a spiritual legacy. Another thing about David was he was thankful in every situation, in every season, whether it was a good season or a bad season. David was thankful. That's probably one of his greatest characteristics. He was just thankful. He had rough times, right? He had good times, but he was always thankful. And then David feared the Lord, right? Meaning he had a deep respect Man, there was a reverence and an awe for God's power and authority. It wasn't that he was afraid of God, but, but, but that, that fear of God is supposed to be a positive. It's supposed to be for us to be able, that, that it leads us to loving him more because of who he is. Let me read Psalms uh, 112, one, uh, verse 1 through 2. This is David writing. It says, shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Everyone who loves, some translation says fears right here. Everyone who fears or loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. Then verse 2. Their descendants will be prosperous and influential. Every generation of the righteous will experience his favor. Right? Because they're passing it along generation to generation to generation to generation. They're leaving a spiritual legacy and not just kind of keeping it to themselves. So all of these are, 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 are part of the pursuit we should be after. Talked about with David. Right? He loved God's word. He ran to the battle. He, 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 he wrote about God. Shared about God. All of these things. Are, are so important. And then we get to the second, second one. The second one is this. Live your faith visibly. Live your faith visibly. The word visibly means, I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff here. It says something that can be seen. Uh, perceptible to the eye. Apparent, obvious, being constantly or frequently in the public view exposed. I love that part where it says being constantly or frequently in the public view exposed. So Jesus gave us this picture in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 16. He says this, your lives light up the world. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? All who would light a lamp, oh, I'm sorry, and who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place. Other translations say basket. Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. I'm going to stop right there. Notice what it says. Everyone in the house, right? You would consider that as your kids, your grandkids, right? Anybody, really, 
But just even just focusing right there. It says so that it benefits everyone in the house. Your walk with Jesus benefits generations. It will benefit generations if you stay committed to your walk with him. So he says, instead it places where everyone in the house can benefit the light. Verse 16. So don't hide your light. Don't hide your light. Right? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Right? Old kids ministry thing. Okay? It says, let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them. Oh my gosh. So that means as a dad, that means as um, eventually maybe a grandfather, that means eventually at some point even in, in everything that I do, my light is shining on somebody so that it influences them. It causes them to grow and want Jesus or, or to, to develop their relationship with the Lord. Every single one of us has this light if you're a believer. And that's why he says, I don't want you to hide it. I need you to let it shine. Then it says, and then they will give their praise to your father in heaven. Think about that generationally. Think about that if, you, if, you're, if you're a grandparent. Man, you're letting your light shine to your grandkids. And you know what? Those grandkids are going to be attracted to that light. And they're wanting, they're wanting, they're, they're wanting to know more. They're going to want to know more. Right? Even in your kids. If you got kids right now, they're going to be attracted to it. They want more. And see, that's when you're all of a sudden, now you're building the spiritual legacies that will last. Not something that's just kind of random and, oh, hopefully I'll give you an inheritance at some point. Okay, I don't even care. I, you know, even if I can't give my kids an ounce of money, an ounce of a piece of property or a house or whatever, at least I'm going to give them a spiritual legacy. That's more important than anything else. More important. We all must have someone we shine on. Right? Think about it in your own home, your grandkids, your, you know, whoever. We all got to have someone we're, we're, we're shining on. Be challenged with that. But see, here, we go back to David for a second. Now, there are so many times that David lived this faith out visibly, okay? He lived out his faith in God, right? We all know the story of Goliath. Hey, no, man, don't let that guy say that. I'm going to go get him. And so he goes in and gets him, right? Uh, again, you, if you read the Psalms, you'll see all throughout there, he's, he's, he's visibly, because he's writing it down, that's visible when you write, write, write your faith down, right? So even writing a card to your, your, your kids, encouraging them in the faith, even writing to your grandkids, encouraging them in the faith, that's visibly you relaying your faith. You're, you're, you're helping to develop a spiritual legacy within them. But he writes all this stuff. Then he, you know, he encourages Solomon, like we read earlier, about seeking God, serving God with all your heart. And then he encourages Solomon with this. 1 Corinthians 28, 20. He encourages them what he, with what he truly believed. At least this is how I take it. In 1 Chronicles 28, 20, it says this. 
Then David said to Solomon, his son. So he's visibly speaking to him. He's physically showing his faith. He said, be strong and courageous and do it. See, David was ahead of a time. If he just put just do it, he would have been a millionaire for Nike, right? Okay. But he said, be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. You know, Solomon had never built a temple before. He didn't know what he was doing. I think the people probably thought, man, he didn't, he didn't know what he's doing, man. I don't even know if this is going to work. This is probably going to be really bad. And it's going to, you know, look like something that's just, you know, put together with Legos or something. I don't know. But, but here he is. He says, do not be afraid. Do not dismay. And then he says this, for the Lord God, even my God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. So here David verbally and visibly, right, professes that God would be faithful to Solomon just like God was faithful to him. Can you imagine telling your grandkids that or your kids? Yeah, we had this this rough patch, but you know what? God came through. God answered our prayer. God showed up. God did this, right? You know, that's why like it's so important where when you read in the Bible and it talks about how they left memorial stones and they said, okay, put the memorial stones so that every time a family would walk by, maybe the kids or the grandkids were, hey, what's that? Well, let me tell you, this is the time that God walked us across the Red Sea. What? Yeah, God parted it for us. And we were able to walk through because he's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his people. He'll be faithful to you just like he was faithful to me if you just keep him in the center of your life. I mean, how cool is that? But it it builds. It builds upon it. And so here he is. He's trying to tell Solomon, God's going to be faithful to you just like he was faithful to me. As long as you don't depart from him. As long as you you don't go some other direction. So it's just another sign of him leaving this this legacy of faith in Solomon. And then I think about in the New Testament, there's a couple of examples, really short examples here. But Paul writes to the Corinthian church. Again, remember, it's about leaving a legacy. And so you have to visibly do some things in order to leave a legacy. Okay? You have to show your faith. And so Paul writes to the Corinthian church. He basically was the father of the Corinthian church. He's the one that brought them into union with Christ and everything. And so he writes this to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. He says, so I encourage you, my children. So he's speaking from a father's heart. Okay, so dad, listen up. And I'm going to stretch it. Moms, listen up. Grandmas, grandpas, listen up. Aunts, uncles, listen up. So I encourage you, my children, to follow the example that I live before you. To follow the example that I live before you. Then he says in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, verse 1, he's kind of carrying it through. He says, I want you to pattern your lives after me, just as I pattern mine after Christ. To leave a legacy. Now listen to this. To leave a legacy. I was challenged with this. To leave a legacy. Are you and I living a visible life that can say, imitate me. Follow my pattern of life. That's a challenge to us. See, 
Paul's saying, hey, you know what? I'm so confident that I follow Jesus and that I'm, I'm doing what he wants me to do that, you know what? You guys need to imitate me. You need to follow me. You know, and probably some of them thought, well, man, I don't want to be stoned. I don't want to be, you know, laughed at. I don't want to be persecuted. I don't want to, you know, whatever, because that's what happened to Paul. But Paul said, you know what? What it's all about is, you know what? Passing this along to generations, passing it along. And so he said, you know what? Because listen, they didn't even have a, they have like um, um, uh, printers back then, right? So where they could hand out Bibles to everybody. The only way people could understand and live this out was to see it visibly, firsthand. And so Paul's saying, hey, you know what, man? There's not a Bible. There's not a, well, you know, there was the, 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 the Bible. You know what I mean by that. But there's not like, you know, what we have. But he's saying, hey, the only way, follow what I'm doing. Imitate me. Do we have enough in us to be able to look at our kids, to look at our grandkids, to look at, at those around us and, and those who we influence and be able to say, hey, imitate me as I imitate Christ? What a challenge, right? Because that's what we want. Really, as a Christian, as, as a spiritual dad, as a, as, a, as a spiritual mom, as a spiritual grandparent, as a, as a spiritual person. We want people to be able to look at us and say, man, I've, if I follow that, man, I'm going to find Jesus. I'm going to find what God has. But see, we, we, have to be, we have to get to that point where, wherever you are. Maybe you're there already, which is praise God. But don't be afraid to tell those that, that look up to you, follow me as I follow Jesus. Imitate me. As I follow Jesus. That, that's a powerful statement by Paul. Paul is so convinced, man. I imitate him. I am so convinced I follow Jesus that you know what? My walk with the Lord is something worth imitating. Just so powerful. But see, he was being visible with his faith. He was being visible with it. So the idea was, follow me as much as you see me following Jesus. Another quick example is Paul to Timothy. Okay, now Timothy was kind of his, you know, associate, but Paul was pouring his life into Timothy, helping him learn how to be a pastor, helping him how to, how to do this. But where that all started, okay, this, this really excites me. But where this all started, it first started with his grandmother, and his mom, right? Second Timothy chapter one, verse five says this. This is Paul talking. He says, as I think of your strong faith. Now he's talking to Timothy. He's trying to encourage Timothy. He says, as I think of your strong faith. Where did he get that strong faith? That was passed down through your family line. Generation to generation to generation, Right? It says, it began with your grandmother, Lois, who passed, on, who passed it on to your dear mother, Eunice. And it's clear that you too are following in the footsteps of their godly um, example. That's leaving a spiritual legacy. That's leaving a spiritual legacy. Where did he get this strong faith? Was it because of Paul? Paul could have credited it himself and said, well, it's because of me that Timothy, you got such a strong faith. No, it was his grandmother who passed it along to his mother, 
who passed it along to him. Man, what a, what a, um, what a responsibility we have, right? To pass this along. Wouldn't it, man, it would be so cool to hear one day someone say, man, you, you have this strong faith because of your grandmother and then your mom, you know, or your dad, or however it plays out. But it's all because they passed it along. They lived it out visibly. You know, and, and you think of Jesus too. Jesus did this all the time, right? And that's a whole other sermon you can get into. But Jesus did this all the time. He constantly was pouring in so that generationally and generationally, keep on going. The church would keep on going. So to close, I want to close it this way, by remembering that your legacy will be determined by where you lead others and what you leave in others, especially family. So no matter where you are today, start. Start somewhere. If you feel like, oh man, I've missed it so bad. So start today, right? Just start, simply start going after this spiritual legacy. Doesn't matter how old your kids are. Doesn't matter how old your grandkids are. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how old the people are that you lead. Just start going after a spiritual legacy so that it can go on from generation to generation to generation to generation. So the greatest honor of all, of all of our lives, is the spiritual legacy we will leave after our lives. That's the greatest honor. We want a legacy that will far outlive us and far outlast us. That's what brings pleasure to the Lord as well. Not just us serving him, but it brings pleasure to him to know that, man, we are going after him and we are visibly sharing and and depositing a spiritual legacy in the lives of those around us. So if you would, bow your heads today. We're going to end service. It's a miracle. It's 11-11. Man, what has God over Pastor Scott? Let me pray over each one of us. Father, I thank you so much for being an awesome heavenly father. Lord, we we celebrate Father's Day today and all the fathers that are represented in this house today. I thank you that your hand rests upon them. I thank you that, Lord, you continue to stir in them and rise up in them this faith to, to lead and to deposit in each and every individual they encounter. But Lord, we know that first and foremost, you're Abba, you're Daddy. And so we thank you for what you do in us. We thank you for how you lead us and you deposit in us so that we can be all that you've called us to be, that we can walk in the love of God. And so I thank you for that. Lord, I pray for each one of us today that, Lord, we would understand even deeper by by the Holy Spirit speaking to us what it means to leave a spiritual legacy in our families, in our, our, our grandkids, in the people that we lead. I pray, Holy Spirit, that that would be a focus of our heart. 
over these next couple days, next couple weeks, even years, Lord. That we would be more concerned about a spiritual legacy that is left than anything else. So I thank you for speaking that into our hearts today. Thank you for revealing that deeper, deeper, deeper inside. Deep calls to deep. And so we bless you today. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.